Larry Waxman is here. He uh, was listening attentively to Moshe Schwartz's words because he's constantly amazed by the uh, youth of the United States who decide to come to Israel and is always fascinated by their backgrounds. Larry Waxman, Mazal Tov on 30 years living in Israel from all of us at JM and the AM. Thank you. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> Has it been fun for 30 years? It's yes. Been some rough times here in the Holy Land. I've gone through a lot of rough times. I have to tell you that this is this may be one of the most difficult. Um, a lot of things here are personal. We take everything personally. Unfortunately, in the United States, when a soldier is killed, you hear a soldier was killed. Here, we could tell you everything about them. We could tell you their names. We could tell you their bios. Some of them are real, real heroes in the in the true, I should say, American sense. But what we recognize in hey, America Jonathan. as heroes. Now, keep a rim. And a lot of these Giborim have fallen during this war. Uh, 64, I think, is the total number of IDF soldiers. 64 soldiers, 3 civilians. But you pointed out to me many times over the last few days, imagine, and it is a sacrifice, obviously, but imagine how many rockets have fallen and how low the civilian casualty is. Because if you look at the laws of percentages, God forbid how many people could have been lost. About 3,400 rockets, give or take. Which is unbelievable. And you know what kind of damage that could have been, that could have, uh, if I can just Close. elaborate, I don't know if you want to call miracles, coincidences, what you want to, how, how you want to describe it, but there are so many things that have happened, some of which are, are by first-hand uh, people, recollections, some of them we see directly. All of them you could say they're coincidences, but when you put, when you put them all together, you have to say that there's a divine hand helping us. And, of course, it's Yisrael Betach Bashem. There's no question in my mind that we have divine assistance on our side. A real Iron Dome. A real Iron Dome. Well, the fact that you have to you have to go back a step. The fact that the Iron Dome was developed in time for this, and secondly, the fact that it worked. hadn't been It was tested, but that didn't mean it was going to work like it works. Has worked to the point where people just rely on it. Oh, if a rocket goes yeah, off, well, we know either. Where people go to the roof to take pictures yeah, of it. Yeah, but they don't understand that when a, when a, when a rocket is destroyed, there's shrapnel. Right. And so you have was, to be careful. My niece went to a, her pool where she goes to swim, and there was shrapnel in the pool right. from an earlier attack. So we can't minimize the danger, certainly, but uh, what it does in terms of protecting people here is unbelievable. <laughs> All right, so take me back to the summer of 1984. How far before that did you decide to make Aliyah? Officially or before? I always knew I was going to make Aliyah. My question had only been in my mind, do you want to go retired or productive? And I decided to go productive. And about a year or two before that, I had decided I'm going to make Aliyah. I had originally planned September 84, but some other things <laughs> changed it to October. <laughs> but um, Oh, I thought you literally left at the end of August. That's funny. No, no, I left on October 10th. But, uh, well, I couldn't have left at the end. Of, I got married at the end of right, August. Right, I thought you left at the show. No, right? I left a month later. <laughs> but uh, the, the idea was... To come and I gave notice to everybody. And it's interesting. I had a very important position, a, a new position at Yeshiva University, and I was teaching all those years. And I didn't. Not only did I get even in Marasha, I didn't get opposition. I got things which were equivalent to the Kolaka vote. Good for you. Good. Good for you. And one of the people who really encouraged me, even when I got here, was Chaim Bravinda. Wow. He always did. And the things have worked out nicely since then. Baruch Hashem. I can tell you something. I've never looked back. Never said to myself, why did I come here? Or we made a mistake or something. It, 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 the thought never even crossed my mind. Do you know that um, 
before Nefesh Benefesh existed, you were Nefesh Benefesh for a lot of people. I know. They would turn to you for advice. First of all, you were always very practical. You were always very organized, so you knew, you know, to, to tell people how to be Misudar in this entire process, a, a process that's very difficult to stay Misudar in, right? Mm-hmm. And they would ask you for, you know, each step of the way. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? You even... Or what should I do? Yeah, you even were smart enough, in certain cases, to hold back certain information, not to discourage people or to allude to the fact that something might go wrong. You're right. That, that It has to be that way. You can be... I don't want to say beat the system, because you can't beat the system, but you can learn how to work work the system and work within the system. And you learn... The things that you, it doesn't tell you to be prepared for. I'll give you an example. You learn when you go into a, an office, uh, some packet, you always have with you pictures. You always have with you all the information that you think that they won't ask for. Because <laughs> they're going to ask. Because they're, they're going to ask, and you have to go back and come and get online again. <laughs> and it takes a long time each time you get on that line. That's right. You don't want to. You don't want to do it more than once. Oh, the f- very good tips from you. Then Nefesh Benefesh comes around, and you know Nefesh your, your Benef- job gets easier. Nefesh Benefesh was a was a bracha, because before Nefesh Benefesh, you basically dealt with the Jewish agency and the shlichim. My shlich, I think, became a, a opened the pizza store in New Jersey. Um, it it was not. They weren't as helpful as they could have been, and not only that, they didn't. Have, they never had the ideas that Nefesh Benefesh did, such as having people from Israel and him on the plane right. and doing things and easing things instead of putting up every obstacle you can imagine it was just the opposite so people came through Nefesh Benefesh half the problem was solved coming out coming off the airplane with your papers and your Tudat Zehut or your Tudat Oleh or even even information on Kupat Cholim these are big steps these are important steps you, you know you take it lightly and you make a mistake you can't undo the mistake easily. At what point in the last 30 years did you finally say to yourself, you know, I'm an Israeli. You know, I am a... I'm, I'm an American real, Israeli. I'm right, but I'm a real resident here. Like, at what point... I was, was there, right away. There was no episode or no, a, no. a point where you started thinking mm. in Hebrew or anything like that? I still don't think in Hebrew. You still think in Hebrew. Most people think in their, in their native language. Actually, the trick is you ask them to count. Well, what language do they do their, what's their the calculations? Right. That's a lot, that's the, that's their, their native language. Truth is, I always felt that way. I, I knew what I was getting into. I knew the country very well. I had been coming here, you remember that, every year. In right. fact, I had even spent a sabbatical year here. So I really knew what I was getting into. Uh, and I always felt, uh, as soon as I came, I'm, now, now I'm officially an Israeli. That doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not an American citizen. We pay taxes just like everybody else. But, but you felt right away that I'm, I, I belong here. This is my place. Uh, what do you say to people who are considering moving to Israel? A lot of North Americans listening no. to this program right now. Well, the French are moving because they have to. Right. Only the smart ones are. Uh, I have to say that it's not for everybody. You know, it sounds funny. You have to. Be, it has to be right for you. I also say there are windows. When someone says, "Oh, I'm not coming this year," that doesn't mean you can come next year. Because there are windows, there are your children, there's education, there's a lot of things that, that take place. So God opens up certain windows, or whatever you want to say, how, if God opens it up or it just happens naturally, there are certain windows in your life. Miss it, you got to wait till the window opens again. So you have to make sure it's for you. Don't expect everything to be ready for you or everything to be good for you. But I always had a few pieces of advice. Number one, getting a job. The chances of you getting a job while you're still in America are slim, and if you get it, you don't know you're going to come and you're going to hear the words, I'm terribly sorry, what we told you, you're not gonna, we're not going to do. Often because they don't know if you're really going to come. Because people got messed up enough that they said they were coming, they made all the, the organization here or the company here made all the plans, and they said, oh, we decided we're coming next year. 
So, first of all, to be here. Second of all, to be very flexible. You can't say, because I did this particular thing in America and I have to have this particular type of job, you won't get it. What my advice always has been, find something that you personally excel in. Because if you go up against an Israeli who has the same qualifications as you do, you won't get the job because he has, a, he has a cousin you don't have. <laughs> and knows the language better than you do. <laughs> that, that, even, even when that's not the problem. Right. But there are enough things here which really almost everybody has special talents and those talents, and you'll see that most successful people are that way. They found a niche that they could fit in and do better than everybody else, and, and they're very happy here. Finally, I have to acknowledge that uh, without you I wouldn't be where I am now. Uh, you're one of the key people in, uh, in, in getting me this gig, so yeah. to speak. You mentioned the new job at Yeshiva University yeah. 30 years ago. That was a key for me in terms of, uh, getting to WFMU originally. So I thank you all these years you're later. Welcome. I have to answer, it's one thing. I was talking before about things that are coincidental. Right. This was another example of the coincidences. If I can tell this, just part of the story, I know you've okay. told it before. Uh, Nachum had come into me in my office, in my new office as director of student activities. And one of the things he had told me, uh, was that he wanted, he had wanted this job and they gave it to somebody else without a, without any kind of reason or anything, probably again, somebody's cousin. Right. And he was disappointed. That passed. And a few months later, I got a phone call from Norman Laster, who started to introduce himself. I said, you don't have to introduce yourself. I know who you are. He's looking for somebody to lead, to take over the show. I said, but you got a new guy. He says, he's, got, he's history. <laughs> so I said, I have the perfect person. There's a person, he's the, he's the director of WYUR, the Yeshiva University's radio station. I know him very well. He's reliable. He's everything like that. And that's how the shidduch was made. Well, there were little rough spots in the beginning, as you recall, but, but the next thank God. morning, the yeah. next morning I was on the air. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mazal tov, Larry. Thank you. To you and Marsha Waxman. It's been an amazing 30 years in Aritz. It certainly has. It happened back in October of 1983, and I thank you for being here today. 1984, excuse me. How can I say 30 years? Uh, and I thank you for being here today. It's my pleasure. Tadaraba. Here we are at the end. And thank you for coming. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Inbal Hotel, everybody. Ninth floor, Executive Lounge Mir Peset on the patio, overlooking the old city.